Hello, welcome to Postcolonial Space. I'm Masood Raja, and today I'll briefly talk about a concept called the native informant. Someone had posted a question about it in comments, and I thought I should try to answer it as quickly as possible. Now, obviously, this isn't going to be a deeply philosophical foray into explaining the concept because I haven't had time to really read some major works on it. But if you are interested, the most important work that takes the concept of na native informant and runs it through a 400-page book is Gayatri Spivak's A Critique of Postcolonial Reason. Okay, it starts with her reference to the native informant and it ends with that. And then she runs the presence of this figure, the figure of the native informant, in history, philosophy, and culture, the three realms. My today's conversation is not going to be as sophisticated as that. I'm just going to work with my basic understanding of the concept, how to use it, and how not to use it. Right? So let's go with that. So originally, the concept of the native informant comes from social sciences, from anthropology. And in anthropology, it was the individual or the person who translates the native culture to a European anthropologist, right? And that's his or her role. That's their role to translate the native culture to the researcher who then renders it into published work, into their report. Now, the interesting thing in this process is that in the process of collecting data, getting it translated, the researcher traditionally needed the native informant, right? So the native informant immediately is there, it's needed, but when he or she writes his or her report, they must also exclude them. So that was the transitory function of the native informant. So what we can learn from that is that the role of the native informant is considered to be secondary. And two, their role is to inform upon their own culture to the external researchers who have come to study that culture. Now then it gets slightly more complicated, right? And within the colonial paradigm, native informants are the people who literally serve the interest of the colonizers, right? Either willingly or unwillingly through coercion and they make the space intelligible to the colonizers. They make it accessible to them, right? They make it possible for the colonizers to access the parts of culture or land that they could have otherwise not done without that native knowledge. So there, the native informant is serving the interest of the colonizer, right? But it's debatable whether or not that is coerced or whether or not it is underwritten by varied lived conditions, right? Part of it, and it comes from Spivak too, is that through the process of colonization, sometimes the natives start protecting the figure of the imperial master. And by cathectation, you know, through 
Freud we know is that when you internalize the ways of feeling and ways of looking of your betters, right? And then when you start seeing your own land from the point of view of your masters, right? That is what Spivak calls the wording of the world. So in that sense, the native informant in a way is literally informing on his own people and making the progress of imperialism possible, right? That is the figure of the native informant during the contact phase of colonialism. And then in the post-colony, the term now it increasingly is being used even within post-colonial studies as a derogatory term, right? So we have conflated sort of the role of the native informant with the foundational intellectual. So since certain places or certain groups still see the world in binaristic terms, and if they are doing post-colonial studies, then they start using the term as a derogatory term, as a slur for those, let's say, who might be working here in the metropolitan culture, people like me, people who have hybrid identities, who don't take stances here or there, this and that, right? And so sometimes the term is used derogatively to point to people like me and people like this as native informants. These are the people who have somehow used their own cultural long language and background to make a space within the metropolitan culture and then forgot about their own people or speaking into Western lingo and all that. That is the misuse of the term. But I think in her book, Spivak, is trying to trace the presence of the native informant throughout history in philosophy as well as in culture. And her point also is to see how the native informant is incorporated within the metropolitan power structures. What role do they play? And how increasingly the figure of the native informant is now being incorporated by the global capitalism. So think of the global corporations. They go looking for people from India. They go looking for people from Bangladesh. They go looking for people from Nigeria and Kenya. The idea is that if they had people who could explain these cultures to them in consumerist terms, in the terms of what can we sell to them, then that expertise becomes useful. And then the role of the native informant has now changed into a translator of a consumer culture for the benefit of a global corporation. Hence, you see all mega corporations as they reach into different nations of the world, different parts of the world, they try to incorporate more and more people within their system so that they can understand that culture better. And if they can understand that culture better, they can have better access to it and they can then exploit it better or sell their commodities or products better. Then what's also happening is sort of when we develop a purely culturalist view of the world, then we don't even know if we are serving the interest of the powerful constituencies. That's why if you look at Spivak's chapter on culture, she finishes it with the anecdote of Bhubanswari's great-granddaughter, right, who works for a global corporation, right? 
she works for a global corporation which has the reach in India, but she herself is a liberal, right? Believes in wearing cotton. So it's that kind of bourgeois liberalism where even though your knowledge, the knowledge that you bring drives the exploitative drive of a corporation, you can live on your life, you know, considering yourself liberal and progressive. So that's another connotation of the native informant now in the service of global corporations. Now, be careful because the response to it isn't that we should devolve into a purest form of nativism, right? I mean, the most place of promise still is that space where we take the ideas from, you know, anywhere in the world to make the world a better place, to make the post-colonial life a better place. But I think there is a caution in Spivak's work to post-colonialists themselves, right? First of all, to not become instruments within the project of power with our work, right? By using our languages and our cultural knowledge, don't use that as a matter of access to create spaces for ourselves only in the metropolitan culture and academy, but to be aware of that. But on the other hand, I think we also have an important role. Since we know our native cultures somewhat, by juxtaposing our original knowledges against the dominant knowledges within the academy, we can at least force the academy to acknowledge what might have otherwise been foreclosed or not even considered, right, in the study of literature, in the study of history. So overall, the figure of the native informant is a, is a problematic figure because it is always there during the colonial enterprise. It is used to learn about the colony so that it can be better controlled. But if you look at the historical writings of, let's say, the post-1857 rebellion um, in India, Sayyid Ahmed Khan's The Causes of Indian Rebellion, if you read that, he is actually arguing there that the Muslims should be used as native informants. I mean, he, one of the reasons he gives of the rebellion is that the British didn't have enough experts, enough Muslims who knew their own culture and could have mediated the British imperatives and orders in a local parlance. So he's writing his community back into the British hegemonic project by claiming a specialized knowledge. So sometimes it is a survival strategy as well. But by and large, I would say what we need to watch against when we work in the metropolitan cultures and use our knowledge to produce work, to write, to teach, to publish, is to constantly ask ourselves, are we being appropriated as the ideal native informant who can open the markets in India and Pakistan for the corporations? Are we offering our knowledge in service to the powerful? And I think one way of constantly being on watch for that is to ask ourselves, whose interest does my writing serve? Do I speak with a constituency beyond here? Right? Or am I just someone saying, 
I can write an essay that can under, make you understand Afghanistan better, Pakistan better, so that you can better control them, right? So the question then in, in that sense is, are we foundational intellectuals, right, who offer our knowledge for a price so that the neo-imperialism or neo-colonialism, the corporate colonialism of multinationals can benefit from it? Or are we offering our expertise as a counter-narrative, as a counter-discourse? Are we challenging what is being offered as a norm, right? That's what Spivank is doing in her book towards the end when she talks about the textile workers, right? And how are they being incorporated within the project of capital, but how also are they being exploited, right? And she wants to point to that in her book. So overall, I don't think so. It's a very convincing conversation. But figure of the native in, informant literally was an informant during the colonial phase, then becomes slightly more sophisticated where they translate the local culture for the knowledge production of the West. Eventually, some of us can be considered native informants if you believe in a purist and binaristic distinction of this is the colony and this is the formal colonial power. But by and large, to be, remain aware of our role as intellectual, as, as writers, as professors, to make sure that even when we are mobilizing native knowledges, we don't become the stereotypical native informant and use our own cultural heritage and knowledge to rise within metropolitan corporations or within metropolitan academy. So these are some of my really rough thoughts on the topic. I hope this, you know, makes you think more about it and think about it in a more sophisticated manner. When I have some time, and I've already started rereading a critique of post-colonial reason, when I have some more time and when I, I can uh, safely think that I understand most of it, then maybe I will do, uh, you know, a detailed discussion of Spivak's own book and talk about it a little more. But for right now, I think this will suffice. Thank you so much. And I hope I've answered partially your question. Let me know what you think. I will now be back with some other topic. And uh, I hope you're staying safe and taking care of each other. Please continue to do so. And I will now see you next time. Until then, as always, peace and love.